Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts This is Real Ghost Stories Online So you want a fixer-upper, you say? (laughs) A lot of people... Uh, with the advent of HGTV and all of the fixing up type shows that uh, exist, think this should be great. Look, they got it done in 30 minutes. <laughs> in reality, it's weeks and weeks or possibly years. Uh, in, in some cases, taking on a fixer upper, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Trust me, been there, done that. Um, but it can be very fulfilling. It can be very fun. Uh, can be uh, very exciting to see your work if if you're up to it and you have the skills to do such things. But what about a fixer-upper that's, you know, beyond just, you know, repair a little bit here, repair a little bit there, more so this place is really old, super storied, lots and lots of people have been through here, and maybe this is a little more than anyone can take on unless you are owning a construction company of some sort. That's what we hear about in our next story. A couple and their kids move into an old plantation-style home, thinking, we're going to fix this place up. We're going to make this our home. We're going to put some positivity into this place. Well, turns out, no matter the intention, sometimes history will be the victor, eventually making a family rethink that decision to try and call that place home. Take a listen. Mom, Mom, wake up! Mom! These words were becoming awfully familiar to me at that time in our lives. The year was 2005, and we had moved into an old southern plantation-style home as house-sitters for friends and business partners of ours. Our home in Tarpon Springs, Florida, sold unexpectedly to one of our neighbors who knocked on our door one day and offered to buy it. So when our friends who had just purchased a plantation-style home needed someone to live in and care for the house for a period of time, they thought of us, and we gladly accepted. The house was old, big, with white brick, had two stories, had a balcony that went from one end to the other and the front and the back of the house. It also had multiple pillars across the front of the house, just like you would picture when thinking about an old southern plantation-style house as seen in movies. 
The house sat on plenty of land with lots of trees, brick patios, a circular driveway, a detached three-car garage, a pump house, and even a maid's quarters, where probably the unique feature of the house was that it was surrounded by a tall brick wall, which made us feel as if we lived in our own private kingdom. We were told that the previous owners had been the original and only tenants of the home other than our family. The house had been in probate since the previous owners had passed away, so it was in disrepair, but we were taken with the yard, the trees, the wall, the size and charm of the house that we were willing to put some work into making it livable with the opportunity to live there. On the day we moved in, we were tired, cranky, and disorganized. So as the family settled into their individual rooms upstairs, I decided to grab a blanket and sleep downstairs on the couch. I'd only been lying awake for a few minutes when I heard a very loud banging on the walls. It scared the living daylights out of me because I immediately assumed it was one of the homeless people who lived in the area around the house. So I scurried upstairs and climbed in bed with my husband. I never slept downstairs again while we lived in that house. We eventually settled into the house and we loved it. It had so much charm. It was so spacious. Our three children were all in school and my husband was a workaholic, so I was home alone much of the time. I immediately started to hear and see strange things, but I dismissed everything as just my imagination. I'd spend my mornings downstairs cleaning, doing laundry, cooking, while upstairs I listened to constant footsteps, even though I knew that no one was home except me. Certain areas of the house had a different feel than other areas, but again, it was easier to just ignore anything and everything that felt or seemed odd. One day, my husband sat down next to me, looked at me very seriously, and said, Do you see or hear anything unusual in this house? I was so relieved that he was the one to start that conversation, since he told me that I was not as crazy as I thought I was. We compared stories and agreed that whoever or whatever was sharing the house with us was harmless. So we agreed to accept the fact that things were unusual, to say the least. We eventually added our three children, Megan, a teenager, Katie, nine years old, and Trey, who was about seven, when we moved into the house to the conversations and we discussed what we had all seen or heard that was not easily explained. We'd all seen and heard things that we could not explain, so it eventually became a joke and something that we could all talk about together as a family. For the most part, no one in our family was afraid of the house or the unusual things that we had seen or experienced, except our middle child, Katie. We soon found out that she had it the worst of all of us. Katie would wake me up on a regular basis and tell me that someone was whispering in her ear. She'd also wake me up and tell me that someone was knocking on the French doors of the living room that was located right under her room. I too heard the knocking and had gone downstairs to investigate, but no one was ever there. So I stopped going downstairs and just ignored the knocking. We also learned to ignore the sound of glass breaking, since we never could find any broken glass anywhere in the house. We also ignored the faint sound of music playing when sitting in one corner of the house. Nowhere else could we hear music playing, just that corner of the house. We always thought that the music was coming from the maid's quarters, but when we would go out to the maid's quarters to investigate, it was silent. Late one evening, we were all in our separate bedrooms, but I was still awake, and suddenly my husband, Paul, started to scream in his sleep. I grabbed him and woke him up. He was terrified. He proceeded to tell me that he had been dreaming that someone was in our house that did not belong there, and he was yelling at them to leave. As he was telling me about his dream, we both heard someone walking in the hallway. So we both sat up in bed at the same time and said, Megan, is that you? There was no answer. But right at that moment, Paul and I both witnessed a figure walk from the kid's bathroom in the front of our bedroom door and down the stairs. 
I jumped up and ran to the kids' room to make sure that they were okay, and Paul grabbed a baseball bat and followed the shadow down the stairs. We both assumed that Paul's dream had been a warning that someone was indeed in our house. All three of the kids were in their rooms. Katie and Trey were asleep, and Megan sat up in bed when I opened her door. I asked her if she had seen or heard anything, and she had not. Paul followed the footsteps downstairs but found nothing, and when he checked all the doors, they were locked from the inside. So whatever or whoever we saw did not leave the house. We searched high and low but found no one. We were rattled to the core, but we eventually went back to bed, still wondering what on earth we had just experienced. Despite the incident with the shadow figure, the whispering in Katie's ear was the most troubling thing that we'd experienced. When she would wake me up saying, Mom, Mom, wake up, someone is whispering in my ear again, I felt helpless because there was nothing that I could do to help her. So I'd walk her back to her room, tuck her in bed, and pray with her for peace and for God's protection. The rest of us never experienced any whispering, so Katie eventually asked if she could switch rooms with our youngest, Trey, who had the smallest of the bedrooms, and he gladly agreed. Trey never woke me up to tell me that he had heard anything. So whoever had been talking to Katie either only wanted to talk to Katie or Trey slept harder than Katie and never woke up to hear anything unusual. Katie also stopped waking me up after she traded rooms. To this day, Katie still covers her ears when she sleeps, even though we moved out of that house years ago. We eventually told the owner of the house about the strange events and experiences that we encountered in her newly acquired income property. She was not amused. She'd experienced similar circumstances in another house that she had lived in years earlier, so she did not even think to question the validity of our stories. She asked our opinion on what to do with the house after we moved out, and we all decided that it would be best to tear the house down because it had foundation and settling problems. She wanted to develop the land under the house anyway, so after we moved out, down came the house. As we were packing to move out, my daughter Megan yelled down to me, Mom, come upstairs! There's water pouring out of my ceiling fan, and it's running on my mattress. All I could think was that we had enough going on with the move to deal with Megan's overreacting to something. So to appease my daughter, I went upstairs just to find out that water was literally pouring out of her fan like a faucet. The bed indeed was ruined. I stood there looking up in disbelief and all I could think to say was, thank God we're moving. We ended up having to throw her soaked mattress over the railing of the balcony onto the driveway below because the mattress was full of water. My husband said that the air handler for the air conditioner was most likely in the attic above her bed and probably had a leak. So that was the unofficial reason for the water coming through the fan. Either way, it was an excellent reminder that it was time for us to move. A few years ago, I was back in Florida and decided to drive to the property to see if the new owners had developed the land or not as they had planned. It was a beautiful day, so I parked my rental car, got out and walked the property. I could still see signs of our family there, such as the remnants of a tree swing. I walked and thought about all the good and bad times we had on that plot of earth, but suddenly I began to smell something very foul. I then noticed that there were flies swarming near one corner of the outer wall. I walked closer to the smell and was shocked to see something dead and decaying. It looked like an animal, but I was not about to explore any further. I ran back to my rental car, not able to get the smell or sight out of my mind and drove away. I never went back. We lasted three years in that house and we still have found memories and a lot of questions about the spirits that we lived with for those years. Well, mostly fond memories. Katie would probably disagree. 
This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Want a commercial-free experience of the show with access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories? Sign up at Apple Podcasts right now and try it for three days free. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.